Welcome to the Data Rockstars Coffee Pod with me, Kelly Peters. And me, Regina Lally. So we're back this week with our 24th episode to chat about what's happening in the world of data and data protection. And this week we're focusing on a couple of stories that have hit the news. One in relation to H&M and a fine they've been given by the German authorities. And the second is a story about a little known payment service called Klarna that I'd never heard of, but they hit the news. So uh, it'll be interesting to have a chat about that. So do you want to kick off with the uh, H&M story, Kelly? Because I think that was the one that you spotted. Oh, I can do indeed. I thought you were just going to fully log into your kind of like, yeah, let's talk about Klarna. Who I do know of, but never mind, as an aside. Um, so H&M has been bubbling now for a while. The um, German Information Commissioner issued a notice last year that they were going to start investigating them because there had been some complaints about their misuse or uh, yeah, misuse of information that was being collected on staff. So, um, what has been found is that they have a, a call centre in Nuremberg and a number of managers were collecting details information from staff where they come back from sick leave even if it was just for a day or two or where they'd come back from holiday and they were asking questions about the actual sickness where if you'd had any diagnosis if you'd been on holiday where did you go you know who did you go with what did you do and all of this was being recorded and captured in their hr file and stored and it was being used to then inform performance management uh, decisions. So if they felt that the individual was not performing six months down the line, they took these into consideration because they built a profile of this member of staff. Yep. How would somebody's like holiday experiences or who they went on holiday with affect their work performance? That seems very tenuous to me. Yeah, because they also ask things about religious beliefs. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. The reason this come about was because there was a technical issue where... There was 50 managers that saw this. Bear in mind that H&M are a massive brand, so they are a big organisation. Because of a technical issue, staff then saw this. So they then started to really probe and ask questions exactly what you've just said. I don't understand why this information is is any relevance to the, my job performance. Mm. So the commissioner came in and said, well, you've got no lawful basis for processing this information. You don't really seem to have taken data protection as seriously as what you should have when determining what you're collecting, why you're collecting it. You were definitely not transparent with your staff about this. And because we're talking about staff information and not just staff information, but special categories of, of data, yeah. where you need an extra level of kind of justification and, and exception to be able to collect that data, they were like, no, we need to make a stance. So Absolutely. it was, and that wouldn't that data wouldn't be seen as naturally coming under employment law, no, no. Uh, which is often the case that employers can use to collect some level of health information where it does have a genuine impact. But from what you've said, the additional level of detail that they're going into there on a pretty regular basis sounds way intrusive on people's basic rights to privacy and. I think it was also that this profile is like, why are you profiling your staff to that degree? What's the justification? So the German commissioner uh, has essentially said that they need to build more. um, They need to change this. They need to be more robust. They need to build internal audits to really check compliance and, and keep them genuinely accountable, which, you know, H&M have taken on board. They are introducing new processes. They have offered 
financial compensation to all the staff that were affected. So they have really taken on board the the audit. They've accepted that they've made a mistake and that they intend to really take this seriously. Obviously, time will tell, but I think for me, I would want to ask other people that have seen this story, is there information about your staff, especially now that we're in a pandemic, where you are collecting more than is necessary? And what are you using that for? Because if you haven't told your staff and you're collecting unnecessary information, you are in breach of the regulation. Yeah, and it links in quite nicely, I think, with that topic that we were talking about last week, Talk, you know, focusing on systems that are introduced. And I think the two are linked because yes. whether it's the system or deciding that you're going to collect vast amounts of unnecessary data, you know, both are, are breaches in different ways. If yeah. you're transparent if you don't explain and if you've got no real justification for doing it and I think we've seen it over the years that people always think more is better the more data we can get just in case we need it we'll hold on to it forever and and that's not necessarily and is usually not the case and you know we've said it in all of our training sessions you know you should apply the just right goldilocks rule of you know you might in the future need more information and at that point in time look at it but you need what you need now to make the decisions is what you should be collecting mm. and so i'd have wanted that organization to have done a data protection impact assessment which is what we said last week about the employee monitoring your employee data is is one of your biggest sources of data you're going to be processing and likely to have that combination of personal and sensitive data and you don't want to lose the trust of your staff no you know because where are you then so um it was really interesting and i think this is a, a big statement to everyone that's employers you, you know the greek uh, uh, data protection authority um find i think it was pwc for collecting uh, employee information on the basis of consent and they said well that's just wrong yeah so employment uh, law and data protection work hand in hand so you know if you haven't mapped your data, I would definitely do that now. And I would definitely make sure that your privacy policy for your staff is reflective of what you're actually collecting. Absolutely. And I think the risk there is if you've used a template, even if it's been provided by an HR support organisation, which, you know, I've seen with some of the people we've worked with, you know, they've used a template provided to them by another organization and if it's not reviewed and it doesn't reflect what you actually do with that data and why you're doing it it's just not it's not compliant because it's not actually telling people what you're doing with their data and why so you always need to be aware of templates and make sure that you are constantly reviewing what you've got in place to make sure it's up to date because things change and you know particularly now with covid the data or systems that you're using might have changed so take a bit of time now to just go and have a read of your privacy policies and make sure that they're they're still accurate that they still tell people what it is you're doing and why in a way that's easy to understand no no absolutely <laughs> and I think that kind of talk about transparency links us quite nicely i think into the subject of Klarna and the what i would say is a very lack of being transparent and unlawfulness of uh, processing the marketing information so go for it regina tell us more yeah so i spotted this on the the news during the week and i hadn't really um i hadn't heard of, of Klarna. i'd never sort of spotted them but apparently they're uh, uh, an online payment provider so they will be used by other brands to help collect payment and process payment from their customers so i think some of the sort of quite well-known sort of asos top shop those kind of companies use them 
and essentially there's a bit of a Twitter storm because people were getting emails from Klarna, marketing emails, and confused about how they had their information. So people were thinking, have has my emails been sold by somebody to them? Why am I receiving this? And people were complaining on Twitter, but also to the ICO. And um, it turns out that Klarna's spokesman said, well, first there was the email that went out as the marketing one followed up very shortly by a, we're very sorry this was a mistake and you know won't, you haven't been added to a marketing database however a lot of people are like well how did you even get my email in the first place and their stance is that because they've used the Klarna payment process they are within their rights to have those details and use them and that they outline in that in their privacy policy. Now, for me, obviously, I, I've not necessarily used those particular shops or, or I've clearly never spotted that Klarna is a thing, but I don't necessarily, even doing what we do, I don't necessarily look at payment providers on a shop that I'm going to that I know and, and trust. So if I'm going to Topshop Online or Debenhams Online or Whichever one it is, if it's a well-known high street brand, I'm probably not going to be paying too much attention to who is actually processing my my payment details. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll spot generally if it's PayPal or if it's WorldPay, kind of like those are the bigger ones that you, you see all the time. I don't read the privacy policies of the payment providers that are, are set in within a, a website. And I would not by any shape or form expect them to be emailing me with their information about their products or services. And I think they've wrongly relied on or thought that they can rely on legitimate interests because there's a relationship in air quotes with those people because they've used their services. But actually they're processing payment on behalf of another organization and they've been chosen as that provider. I would say that they're a data processor and they they have no justification in using that for their own purposes whatsoever and it's interesting i'll be really interested to see what the ico say because they're obviously looking into the complaints that they've received from numerous individuals but the lack of transparency because you know a tiny little link on the bottom of a payment process where you're probably just like i want to buy my goods and i'm done yeah. you're not going to be clicking on payment privacy notices you don't look at that when or most people certainly don't look at it when they're downloading apps or using anything let alone at a point where you're in a payment process on a known trusted internet site from a brand that you would shop on the high street you'd assume that it's going through their own systems rather than a, a third party that's supporting them who's then going to message you with marketing information what are they marketing yeah and i think this is the thing this is the problem they the clana themselves i don't think have really understood that there are two regulations that they need to be very mindful of and i think the ico will be looking at them from the any the privacy perspective because a lot of the individuals that are making those payment processing decisions are business to consumer uh, and realistically the only option you really really have would be consent unless you could justify like you said a previous relationship and Klarna's never going to be able to justify that ever so and the only reason I've come across them is because recently when I've been looking at some online transactions, they offer the ability to pay over a term. So not just direct debits and credit cards. They allow you to almost take a short term loan out and pay over a six month period for oh, right. okay. furniture, for example. And the reason I didn't go ahead, because I was like, I don't know who you are. You're not PayPal, right. you're not WorldPay. So I was like, oh, you know what, maybe not. Um, and that's not a disrespect to Klarna's. It's like, they're not a name to me that resonates as a payment gateway. But I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens next. Because my question would be, who are you? How did you get my details? 
Absolutely. And I think that for me is the the point for businesses to take away from this. You know, if you are wanting to send out marketing information, particularly where it's to consumers, and you're looking to rely on legitimate interests, I feel that that has, you know, it is, it's okay, but you have to justify it. And you genuinely have to think about it from the consumer point of view of would they expect to get this kind of message from you based on the relationship that they have with you and you need to challenge yourself rather than just go it's fine we'll rely on legitimate interests do those assessments because if you don't you potentially could end up in a twitter storm of your own if you annoy people and get them wound up and that's not anything any company wants uh, absolutely so that kind of leads us very nicely to the last thing that we want to we have an ask or a call to action uh, for our listeners is that on our uh, LinkedIn page we're asking for you to engage in a survey for us where we ask what is keeping you up at night and there are four options um, one of which I believe is Brexit and retention so if you have time please look at our LinkedIn page and engage because we're using this as a bit of insight for us. Yeah we're keen to know what's worrying people at the moment relating to data protection and it will help us decide what we chat about in our podcast it will help us decide what materials we can pop on our website that will be helpful for people so um if you've got the time to just log on and give us a little click depending on you know what is worrying you subject access requests remote working and the two kelly mentioned we'd we'd love to know and have that insight from from you our listeners and obviously if you have any questions for us about what we've talked about today or want to um, ask us about future subjects you can email us at the coffee at dbx uk.com will be happy to have those conversations but that all brings us to an end Gina to another podcast I know it's been good we were just saying we've been going six months now so that's really quite exciting and uh, here's to the next six months of chit chat over coffee absolutely so goodbye for now